going on guys welcome back to the stadium drive podcast on tonight's podcast we have john michaels he's a host on sb nation radio from 10 p.m to 1 a.m everybody please go check him out but before that let's talk about our friends over at manscaped now i know the world's crazy right now quarantining going on social distancing all this good stuff well that doesn't mean that you don't need to manscaped all right and what i mean is you need to go to manscaped.com uh, picky out something real nice. I would prefer you to get the Perfect Package 3.0. Comes with everything you need. Comes with the Lawnmower 3.0 and a bunch of other goodies. It's the complete package. So you get that. You click checkout. And when you get the checkout, you type in our code Stadium. It's gonna save you 20% off plus free shipping. Now let me say it again: Manscape.com. Use our promo code Stadium for 20% off. And free shipping, you seriously cannot beat this deal. So uh, let's just jump right into it. Here we go. Welcome back, guys. This Stadium Drive podcast. I'm Hudgens. I'm here with Joe, and I'm also here with our good friend. <laughs> He's host na- host nationally on SB Nation Radio. John Michaels, what's going on, man? What's up, guys? How you doing? It's good to be back. Yeah, man. You were here for our uh, draft extravaganza. Yeah, tonight's a little bit different. It is uh, schedule release night, which I laugh. You know, there, you, you get one side of the equation, people like me and you guys that are probably excited to say, all right, I, I can look at football and figure out where my team's playing, when they're playing. And then you have these curmudgeon jerks from Pro Football Talk who were on, on social media today. The NFL is full of themselves. What are they supposed to do? Are they just supposed to close down business because yeah. you feel the coronavirus should shut you down? It's ridiculous. I'm happy to see a schedule out. So hopefully in the fall I can start figuring out where and when I'm going places. Yeah, I agree. That's, uh, that's what I wanted to start off talking about first. When do you – do you think NFL is going to start on time? Absolutely. You think so? Um, Reading the tea leaves, and I know the report came out of Oregon today that the uh, the governor of Oregon said there'll be no sports yeah. or no big – how do you know what's going to happen in September? I mean, we've changed so much in three to five weeks. How, how are you going to project what's happening 15, 16 weeks from now? Will there be fans in the stands opening day? That I don't know. Um, I know there's been a lot of contingencies of maybe we'll put 15,000 in instead of 65,000. You know, there's been contingencies of we're going to do the first couple of weeks with nobody there. The NFL's starting that Thursday night when they always do. Yeah. They've already kind of pushed back the OTAs and all the BS that comes along with that, which I'm sure the players are happy about. But they're going to get to training camp. It might be old school training camp. Guys are going to come in with a beer gut and have to run their fat asses to get in shape. <laughs> you know, I talked to Arch a thousand times. Arch used to tell me they'd go to training camp. Guys would be puking the first day. They dropped 15 to 20 pounds in two days because they were so overweight. Yeah. You may see a little bit of that coming up in 2020. But, yeah, to answer your question, there's going to be football coming up in September. Yeah. I sure hope so. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of living in my own personal hell right now, and I'm sure you guys can agree. I mean, I love baseball. I, I love all sports, NBA finals. I mean, it just sucks so bad right now. I'm not a guy right now that would be over the top with baseball. I don't get into baseball usually until basketball. So I'll look and I'll watch and I'll go to a Braves game here and there. 
But I'm not, you know, Tuesday night, oh, I got to sit down and watch nine innings of baseball. Right. What I miss is college baseball. I'll be, And I'm one of the yeah. few people that loves college baseball. Miami had a top 10 team this year. They were one at one point, and then Florida swept us, which wasn't good. But I always look forward to getting around to May when you get to the College World Series and, you know, their field of 64. I love that. And obviously that got taken away a long time ago. Yeah. I actually went to a Florida State baseball game like a couple weeks before it all got shut down. And I mean, the last last game we played, we beat Florida. So it was, it's kind of nice to end the season beating Florida in baseball because Florida State rarely does that. But yeah, I miss college baseball too. Yeah, our yeah. last game was on the road against like 12th ranked Central Florida and we beat them on a Wednesday night. And then I think Thursday they canceled the season and that was the end of it. Uh, it it's disappointing and I hate it for the kids. So, yeah, I'm in hell. You know, doing a three-hour-a-night national sports talk show. Yeah. Thank God for the last dance. Thank yeah. God for the beef between Michael Jordan <laughs> and Isaiah Thomas. And yeah. thank God for the NFL doing what they're doing because there are a lot of times that I'm bringing back some old topics that I haven't talked about in a long time just trying to make sure I get through three hours. Yeah. we. Um, it's funny. I, I posted a meme the other day on our Twitter that we started this sports podcast in – what December we started it in December yeah. we're like hell yeah we're gonna talk sport this is gonna be fun you know he's an FSU fan I'm a Miami fan we got Brad who's not with us tonight but you know we, we're just gonna talk sports and then sports gets canceled I'm like what the damn <laughs> so yeah. yeah it's definitely a struggle um you talked about the last dance though like, how are you enjoying that um I love it I mean I've even got my wife who doesn't like basketball really at all to sit yeah. down and watch it mine and too she's yeah. enjoyed it the only, and this, this is something I talked about the other night. There's a few things that come out of this. A, Jordan is absolutely being painted in a different light than I think a lot of people remember him for. We're starting to see he wasn't as clean as a whistle, and he was kind of a <laughs> dick to all of his yeah. teammates. I mean, um, he, he, was, he talked trash about Horace Grant. He threw other players under the bus with the cocaine, uh, the Chicago Cocaine Cowboys or whatever the hell he called them. You know, he did a lot of that stuff. But you also get to see that – Michael wasn't perfect on the court either because I think the argument that comes in with LeBron and Michael is LeBron, you know, he went two for eight in the, in the fourth quarter. He's horrible. There were games against the Knicks. Jordan was three of 13 in the fourth quarter. There were games against the Knicks where, you know, he had the gambling allegations and, you yeah. know, was he out all night? It's nice to see that human side of Michael Jordan. And that's what I've enjoyed about this maybe more than anything. Yeah. I like I like the I mean it talked about Pippen some it talked about Rodman some it talked about the whole Bulls I think it's cool that it's basically um, it's not just about Jordan it's talking about the whole Bulls team. Yeah, and Jerry Krause comes across as a complete uh, jackass. But yeah. what's crazy with that? You know, we can vilify him. He put that team together. He's yeah. the one that went out and made the move to get Rodman. He was the one that traded for Scottie Pippen during the draft. So. Krause, while he may have been a dick and Michael Jordan may have hated him, he's the one that put that thing together. And he had the foresight to get rid of Mike Fratello, or excuse me, to get rid of Doug Collins and bring yeah. in Phil Jackson when they were a playoff team. And I think without Phil Jackson, they don't end up winning maybe one or two of those finals. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely good. The only thing that I – which some people like it, but personal opinion, I don't care for it it's how it jumps around a lot mm -hmm. you know we'll be in you know we'll be in 92 one minute and then we're in 98 the next minute i don't know you definitely but, have to pay attention it's yeah oh yeah yeah be on your phone because i mean you won't know what's going on if you're not yeah there. but it's good 
Now, you guys are younger than me. You guys didn't grow up in the Jordan era, did you? You came in a little bit after that? I'm I'm 33. I'm old, I'm older than I look, but I, I remember a little bit. I remember like Utah Jazz versus versus Bulls, like towards the 97, 98 type stuff. But I don't remember like pre like baseball and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm 45, so I grew up through Michael Jordan, and I never liked him. I I couldn't stand Michael Jordan. Yeah. I was a Charles Barkley fan, so I wanted Charles to beat him. He could never beat him in Philadelphia. Went to Phoenix, had a chance. They kind of choked a game or two away in those finals and couldn't get it done there either. Uh, but, it, you know, so I always grew up rooting against Michael Jordan. But this, to go back and kind of remember those first seven years when he couldn't win a championship, yeah, people forget that he had to fight, scratch, and claw, and they needed Pippen to become great. They needed uh, Horace Grant to become an all-star because without those guys, he doesn't win a championship. Yeah. What's, what's crazy to me, and I don't know if people realized this before the documentary, was he stayed three years in college. That's absurd. Yeah. To stay three years, you're the best player in the NBA. You stayed three years in college. That's That was crazy to me. It's something I didn't even realize. Yeah, well, back then, freshmen could – I don't think freshmen were allowed to leave. I think back then you had to stay till your junior year. And uh, even then, remember, Dean Smith had to tell him, go to the draft. Akeem yeah. Olajuwon stayed four years. He was a senior in 1984 when they lost the, uh, the NCAA championship to Georgetown. Patrick Ewing was a senior. You'll never see that day and age yeah. again. And I guess if there's one thing that makes me kind of go back and remember, it was that day and age of college basketball where I woke up or stayed up till midnight or one in the morning to watch UNLV, and I watched the Big East games or watched the ACC games. I probably watch five college basketball games a year now that aren't Miami associated until yeah. we get to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's how I am too. Yeah, that's yeah. I'll I'll agree with that as well. But um, yeah, I'm enjoying the last dance. Like you said, um, my wife not a basketball fan at all. She's gotten into it. That's kind of one of our things that we that we watch. But um, let's let's talk let's talk some canes. Okay, Miami's. In the news, I mean, there's a bunch of, like, recruiting stuff and, and transfers mm -hmm. and stuff. Have you been keeping up with the transfers as far as, like, offensive linemen and stuff like that? Yeah, I know there's a kid out of Houston that was a uh, a senior, and his name slips my mind. Yeah, Jared senior, Williams. That's him. Senior that, that is now looking for a home. Miami has one scholarship available. They were holding it for Willie Moyce, a defensive lineman. Yep. They don't think he's going to qualify academically, so I think that scholarship's going to go by the wayside. My interest now is do you take him as a one-year senior rental to potentially come in and be your right tackle, or do you go after Isaiah Walker, a kid who kind of left you at the altar to go with the University of Florida? I personally am going to go for the long term here. I would go after Isaiah Walker if he wants to come back to Miami. And there's rumblings that, you know, maybe he has some stuff off the field. He might not be hanging with the best crew. Guess what? Most of these kids aren't hanging with the best crew. Yeah, I would go after him. Now, he may end up at Florida State. I know that's a rumor. He uh, was looking at South Carolina and Auburn as well. So, could end up there. But I'd love to bring in either one of these. I don't want to see Zion Nelson for another year. He needs to redshirt. He needs to get his ass in the weight room. He needs to get under, you know, under this new offensive line coach and figure out technique before he needs to run back there and be, you know, a starting offensive lineman in the ACC. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think – if you're Miami, though, I think if you're Manny Diaz, he's going to – if he has one scholarship, and that's true, Manny Diaz is going to go for the guy who helps him win right away. I mean, 
uh, as a Miami fan, I would want the long-term guy too. But if you're Manny Diaz, I would think he's going to – because Manny Diaz, his job security is not the highest that that other coaches have, like a Mike Norvell or who's just coming in. So if, if Manny Diaz goes six and six or – because Walker's not going to be able to play next year. So right. I think he's going to go for a guy who's going to help him win next year. I always wonder now with this, and he's only been on campus at Florida four months, would the NCAA give him a or, or, you know, one of those waivers? I know they said no to, like, across the board, you get a one-time transfer. But do you walk in and say, look, I've been here four months. I haven't even practiced. Can I transfer and go somewhere else? I was an early enrollee, for goodness sakes. I shouldn't yeah. be at a school until August anyway. I don't know that they will, but maybe they will. But I, but I agree with you, Joe. I really think that, you know, Manny's going to go for the kid that can come in and start right now. And if this kid was an all-ACC or all-AAC, it's like second or third team all-AAC, he's going to be your starting right tackle the second he walks on campus. Yeah. And then you can maneuver everybody else around. Maybe move DJ Scaife down inside, let John Campbell and whomever fight for the left tackle job. You already have your center. You already have your left guard if Devon Donaldson's fat ass comes back in shape uh, and is healthy, which is the most important thing. But you could have that and then be solidified to where, hey, we've got an offense. We're going to go up-tempo. We're going to go fast. And if that happens, maybe we can win some games. And yeah. I, I was wondering if, if Walker – if both of the – if Miami gets – and I hate this. I'm a Florida State guy. But if Miami gets lucky enough and both of those two guys want to come to your school – couldn't Miami just say, hey, Walker, we'll give you a scholarship that counts on next year? And he could, he could come on campus, and he's not on scholarship because Florida State has a linebacker from Purdue that he transferred, and they didn't put him on scholarship right away. So I was wondering if Miami could possibly do that. I, I guess they could, theoretically. You know, Miami's 60 grand a year, so yeah. I don't know if you can find a way to maneuver him in and hand him – a BS scholarship to pay for it. Yeah. Um, I think the, something that would be more likely is find some fat that's on the roster and say, look, yeah. I, there's not a spot for you. Nick Saban does it all the time and he doesn't give a damn about doing it. He'll find yeah. somebody that, you know, they don't care and you're, you're number 84 on the roster to let you go. I get it. He, uh, Manny gave, what, six walk-on scholarships right yeah. before spring practice got canceled. I'm not getting rid of those guys because they've earned a scholarship. But I know there's some people down on that roster that aren't doing a whole lot, and you tell them, look, we love you, but we just don't have a spot for you anymore. Yeah, I agree. I don't I, – I mean, I don't know, but I'm not sure if Isaiah Walker would even take that, though, about, you know, getting a scholarship for next year. I, I don't know. He might He might want to really stay home. Who knows? I know he was, he was committed to South Carolina for a while, so I know they're probably at him pretty hard. Yeah. Um, do y'all know y'all's opinions as Miami fans? Do y'all think that y'all are kind of getting slept on a little bit? Because with the ACC, did y'all see the ACC network little graphic? Mm-hmm. It was like 40% Virginia Tech, 40% North Carolina, 6% Miami. If I was yeah. a Miami fan, I'd be like, wait, what, what is, what's going on here? I mean, I, I feel like – I feel two ways. Like, I kind of feel like we are, but then I've also seen how the past 15 years have went, 20 years have went. So, I – I kind of can't blame them for, for putting it out like that just because we've just did so horrible. So, Yeah, as much as I would love to say, oh, the disrespect and this, that, and the other, we go to Virginia Tech this year who beat us a year ago. Uh, North Carolina does come to Miami, and I, I want to say it's a night game. See, maybe it's a Saturday game. I'm not sure yet. Uh, 
and, and we should have won that game, but that's a whole different story. But they come to Miami. I can see where people look and go, Sam Howe, better QB than De'Aaron King, which may or may not be true. Hendon Hooker's back at Virginia Tech, you know, was already a team that was hot at the end of last year. Maybe they'll be better. We yeah. got to earn respect. I, I don't want to be the preseason favorites like we are seemingly every year and then go seven and six or six and seven like we did a year ago. Yeah. Go out and start 4-0, and beat Michigan State on the road, uh, get into conference play and win some games. Then you'll start earning some respect. Yep. What, what do you think Manny's record has to be in order to, like, secure his job a little bit more? Oh, when I look at that bullshit schedule they have, if he doesn't go 10-2 and two and go to the ACC championship game, he can get the hell out of Miami. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's me personally. I think if he wins eight games, the administration's going to go, oh, look, he's trending in the right direction. You know, hiring Rhett Lashley and all the people he brought on staff, that was kind of his way to say, look, I screwed up year one. And Lord knows, I want Manny to succeed more than anybody. I want this guy to go out and, you know, be a consistent ACC championship game contender because if you get there and you're 11-1 and one every year, you're going to have a chance to go to the playoffs. And I think that's where Miami needs to get back to is consistently being a team that's in the top ten, uh, consistently being a team that stops losing to the Virginias and the Pitts and the Dukes yep. and the Georgia Tech and all the shit teams in the conference. Get back <clears> to that. And then kids are going to come. I mean, you look for 2021, they're already ranked seventh or eighth recruiting. He had a top 15 class this year, and he couldn't win a damn game. So yeah. imagine now if Derek King comes in and Rhett Lashley and they get the 38, 39 points a game, and they go 10 and 2 or 11 and 1. And with this schedule, they have no business losing. They really don't have a business losing to any of these teams. Realistically, they should never go worse than 10 and 2 against this schedule. Yeah. I'm yeah, sorry, I agree. Yeah, uh, our schedules. Our schedule is soft this year. I love it. Um, yeah, so I agree. Next year, I mean, twenty twenty one, we're all going to be right there at Mercedes Benz Stadium, opening against Alabama. So, yeah. unfortunately, the last time that happened to Florida State, the the program went from here to here pretty quickly. We're not. If we were to open against Alabama this year, we'd lose fifty five to ten. <laughs> yeah. Next year, hopefully, you know, things are a little bit better. Some depth is in place. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So. I'm, I probably know this answer. I don't remember if we talked about this last time or not. Manny Diaz gets canned after the after this season. Hypothetically, who is your number one guy to take the program over? Urban Meyer. Really? One thousand percent. Okay. If you I, want to win, you want to win a national championship. Yeah. You got to find a little bit of a sleaze bag that's going to. He's going like to say it. winning matters more than anything. I When's the last coach Miami's had that, that winning mattered more than anything? It was Butch Davis. Larry yeah. won. I, I don't knock Larry Coker for what he was able to accomplish. Hell, I was watching the 2002 Florida State camp today. Uh, I, I flipped on YouTube and watched an hour of that. But we haven't had a coach that winning meant more than anything. Urban Meyer would walk in there. He would put that fence around South Florida. Oh, yeah. He'd have them with top three recruiting classes every year. We'd be dirty as hell, and he'd only be there five or six years. We'd win at least one or two more national championships. <laughs> That would be that. my number one. I love that answer. I thought, I thought you were going to go with who a lot of people say, and that's Mario Cristobal. I, I, I like Mario Cristobal. Would I rather have him over Manny Diaz? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I want to see what Mario Cristobal does this year when he doesn't have a senior quarterback who was picked sixth overall. Agreed. He's brought some good recruiting classes in there. He's got some top-notch guys. But overall, he's recruiting at like the 10th to 15th level. He, it's not like – Oregon's number one or number two. 
Yeah. And I've watched two years in a row with Justin Herbert, Oregon pee it down their leg when it mattered most. Two years ago against Stanford, they're up like 31-10 and blow the game. And even with that, late in the season, they're on the road against Arizona. If they win the game, they're in the Pac-12 championship game, and they have an opportunity to go to the playoffs. This year, all they had to do was beat Arizona State on the road, and they would have been in the college football playoffs over yeah. Oklahoma. So two years in a row, he's peed it down his leg with chances to go into the playoffs. I got to see that guy win before I'm really going to be gung-ho about Mario Cristobal. Yeah, I agree. He, he's a little unproven for sure. Nothing out taggers. I mean, oh, uh, no, he's he's in Boca where he belongs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna, I just, do, a, I'm gonna do a little walking and making sure I'm not burning down my kitchen as we do this. <laughs> hey, man, that'll work. I um, I don't know. I just I just really hope college football starts on time or at least close to time. I just there's, there's a report of Florida State. They said that they were doing stuff to get players coming back mid May. So. Really. It's like it's gonna be like a gradual thing, like not the whole team's coming back, but yeah. mid-May they're gonna start having guys come in. Hmm. I got a good. The wife is home taking care of the food. <laughs> she can't. <laughs> she can't forget the drizzle, man. No, the drizzle is very important for the uh, the food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I just hate how every. It, I was talking to my wife earlier today, and I was like, "This shit sucks. Like, there's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go." Like, I go to Braves games every year. Getting to the finish line as far as some sports, though. I, think I hope so. It's getting closer. Here, here's the toughest thing. And, you know, I don't know which side of the equation you guys lie on. I am a very – I don't live my life in fear. I don't live my life afraid that I'm going to, you know, suddenly die from this virus. If I catch it, you know, I'm, I'm going to be hopeful that in, in the hospital or wherever I'm at that they can take care of me and it goes away. But I also am under the realization I can walk outside and have a heart attack. I can get hit by a bus. I mean, people keep going, oh, we've got to limit, you know, limit opportunities for things to go wrong. And that sounds great. But what are we going to do? Live in fear for the next year, year and a half till there's a vaccine? The flu vaccine is out every year and people get the flu shot. And yet I see people with the flu over and over and over again. I've never taken a flu shot. I've probably had the flu twice in the last six, seven years. So. You know, I, unfortunately for me, I, I think there's one side of the equation where people are like, we're just going to have to stay locked down until. And that's kind of like the governor and mayor. There's other people like me. I'm at the gym every day. I just came from the gym. Crunch yeah. Fitness, not fully packed, you know, but it's, it's probably, you know, 75 to 100 people in there every time I go in there. Some people are wearing masks. Some aren't. I have noticed more people are wiping down the equipment than before. But that's just kind of how it is, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've already decided that if, if they let us go watch, like, college football games, I will be at Dirt Campbell. Like, I, I don't care. I, I will wear a mask if I have to. But I'm, I, if I have the opportunity, I'm going to go watch college football. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got a hotel booked already for Miami FSU this year, and I'm going to be pissed if I can't go down there and watch the game. It's just going to be so damn aggravating. I'll be, and I have season tickets. I have not paid for them yet this year because I am, you know, I'm like, I, and granted, my tickets aren't that much. Miami season tickets are relatively cheap. I pay like $800 for two seats. I'm four, four rows from the field right oh, wow. there down on the goal line where Miami, uh, on the Miami side. 
But I'm like, I don't, I don't want to come out of pocket for something that may or may not happen. Now, yeah. if we get to July and they say there's a season, I've already got a hold on them. I'll plop down the money and have the tickets, and I'm the same way. You know, my kids love we, – we took them all to Tallahassee last year, and they, they saw a different side of me because I normally don't take them to Miami FSU. That was their first Miami FSU game. And they were like, <laughs> Dad, can we go to Miami next year? Yeah, we can go to Miami. We can go to Miami any damn time you want. Yeah. And I said, just understand – down in Miami, it's even rowdier than it is in Tallahassee because the Seminole fans don't like us, and our fans are good and lubed up when we're down there. Yeah, dude, it's the environment. I've been I've been to two games. I've been to two home games. I plan on making it a yearly thing where I at least go to one game, and it is a different environment down there. It is wild. Just- Especially now that they they've redesigned the stadium, the seats are closer. The roof holds in the noise. It'll never be the Orange Bowl. You know, I was lucky enough to go to many, many huge games in the Orange Bowl. Um, went to four or five Miami FSU games down there. Went, I was there in 2000. I went in 2002. I went to the 2004 game that was after the hurricane. I mean, I've been to monster, monster games in the OB. Yeah. But I'll tell you, Hard Rock Stadium, what they've done now, that thing gets just as loud, if not louder, than the Orange Bowl with the noise that they've got piped in. I mean, that thing is loud and it is intimidating. And when we win, you know, people show up. Yeah. I, uh, I tell people all the time, like the TV doesn't do it justice. I guess it's just how the roof is. It just keeps that noise. Like it's so loud in there. Yeah. Um, y'all want to talk some NFL draft? We can. Yeah, let's do it. What do you, uh, what'd you, okay. What did you think about the Falcons first pick? I know there was a lot of talk. There was a lot of a lot of people. Some people loved it, and some people hated it. You know, it, it fills a need. I mean, you're going into a season with Kendall Sheffield and Isaiah Oliver and Demonte Case. He's going to be hybrid. He's going to play some corners. He's going to play some uh, safety. Really dependent on the health of Keanu Neal. So you needed a corner. And yeah. if you really dissect what happened after the Falcons pick, they chose their guy, and they realized we can't wait till the second round and try to go grab a cornerback. They got the guy that they wanted. I think the other thing that people really fall into with A.J. Terrell is they just go back and watch the national championship game, and he didn't have a great game. But Joe Burrow made some unbelievable throws, and those three receivers, Marshall, Chase, and Jefferson, made some catches where A.J. AJ Terrell was draped all over them, and they just made the catch. And that's going to happen sometimes. Go back, and I tell anybody, go back and watch some of his tape at Clemson. The kid can play. Now, he may not walk in day one and be your outside corner. He's going to play, though. He's probably going to play 55 60% of your defensive snaps, maybe even 70%. So I liked it. Second-round pick, I love Marlon Davidson. And he's a guy that I think comes in originally and will play D-end on rundowns, and then he'll rock down inside next to Grady on, on pure passing situations. He's an animal. You saw him at the press conference. He had some anger, all that stuff. Falcons need it. And I really like the third-round pick, Matt Hennessy, a guy that's going to be Alex Mack's replacement a year or two from now and hopefully starts at left guard to begin the year. From that point on, I don't know who the hell those guys are. (laughs) I watch as much college football as anybody in the country. I never – I probably haven't watched a Cal game in 10 years. So I don't know much about Jalen Hawkins. I forget the kid, Michael, whatever his last name was, out of Fresno State. And then they took a punter in the seventh round. So I kind of shrugged my shoulders at those. Those are classic (laughs) mid to late round Falcon picks. Maybe they work out, maybe they don't. 
Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk quarterbacks. What do you – now, everybody in Miami absolutely loves Tua. I don't remember your opinion on Tua. What do you, what do you think of him? I would have taken him number one overall. So, okay. I like him better than Joe Burrow coming out. I actually said on SB Nation, my producer got really mad at me. I said, Joe Burrow has bigger bust potential to me than Tua Tungabailoa. Okay. Now, Tua could be a guy that gets hurt, no doubt, and yeah. that could ruin his career. Burrow went from being a very average quarterback that is true. to having the greatest season in the history of college football. Yeah. Who is he truly? Is he this guy that won a Heisman and went 15-0? and 0, Or is he the guy the year before that was kind of a game manager? Or was he the guy before that that couldn't win the job at Ohio State? I think he's somewhere in the middle. And, you know, the difference with him and Tua, especially now that Andy Dalton's gone, Joe Burrow has to start day one and has to be the franchise savior. Tua can sit for four or five weeks. The Dolphins are still in a rebuild. And yeah. they'll be like, look, let Ryan Fitzpatrick start. Let Tua ease his way in. And when he's ready, we'll start him. Deshaun Watson sat for a while. Pat Mahomes didn't play his first year. Lamar Jackson barely played his rookie season. Those are three of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. That's more what's happening now than guys getting thrown into the fire. Yeah, I agree. There, I mean, people are going to be screaming for Tua week one, obviously. But – you do make a very good point about Burroughs. I mean, he was subpar the year before, and then last year Brady comes in and he just yeah. – so, yeah, I Dolphins do agree. Draft, the Dolphins drafted a bunch of O-linemen to build around to it. The Bengals yeah. really didn't do a whole lot to address that, and their offensive line is god-awful. Yeah, they drafted I think the Dolphins one drafted, I think The Dolphins drafted, what, three or four offensive linemen in the draft, and that's kind of – we're going to throw this shit to the wall and see what sticks. I yes. really like Solomon Kinley, the kid out of Georgia, in the fourth mm -hmm. round. I think they got him. I thought they reached for Austin Jackson in the first round. I thought they could have waited to 26 and maybe got Austin Jackson there. I would have liked to have seen him address wide receiver a little bit more. You know, Devontae Parker had a renaissance his last year in Miami. Outside of that, it's a pretty nondescript group. I did like the trade they made for Matt Breida. I think that's fantastic, giving up a fifth-round pick. So now it'll be him and Jordan Howard to run the ball. But – you know, for them, it's basically, can we block and can we get Tua ready pretty soon? Yeah. yeah. Now, we know – I know you only have a few more minutes, so let's just let's just stick with quarterbacks. What do you think about the Packers taking Jordan Love uh, in the first round? And how pissed was Aaron Rodgers, you think? Oh, he's pissed. Aaron Rodgers can play – he's going to take the high road until something doesn't go right and then he's going to go off. Yeah. I feel bad because I like Matt LaFleur. I know Matt from his time here in Atlanta. He's a great dude. And I thought he did. A, I thought he got a lot out of not a lot in Green Bay last year for them to go 13-3. and three. But when you go to an NFC title game and your biggest deficiency is help on the out, it's literally Devontae Adams and guys that they've tried that haven't worked out. Alan Lazard, yeah. Equinemius St. Brown, you know, all these other ham and eggers that are just – they're just guys. Uh, Marquez Valdez, Scantling. None of those guys are, are great receivers, and you're in a super deep receiver draft, and you take a quarterback? Yeah. The Packers didn't lose a game last year because of their backup quarterback. A couple of years ago when Rodgers was hurt, yeah, they stunk. But you're now taking this pick for something three years down the road. Yeah. I can see it three years down the road. They may look back and go, look, we took Jordan Love. It's great. But you got a Super Bowl window, and I think we all know the window can go from here to here literally overnight and i have a feeling the packers may have missed an opportunity yeah 
And then what? they take AJ Dillon when they have Aaron Jones and Yeah. I, I don't know if they still have Jamal Williams to back. Yeah, Jamal there. Williams is still there too. And so, Dillon's a guy that doesn't catch the ball. And that's a big Dillon's a great running back. But what does Aaron Rodgers want to do? Dink, dunk, dink, dunk, get into the in his playmaker's hands. Dylan's not going to be that guy. So I didn't understand their draft at all. Yeah, at all. Um, what do you think about Jake Fromm going in the fourth round? You think it was too high, too low? Should he? Oh, you should gave he... him a round. Didn't he go in the fifth round? Oh, was it the fifth? I think it was the fifth. I think he fell to the fifth. You know what? Yep, I think it was yeah, the fifth. Yeah, because Eason went fourth yep. and then Fromm yep. fell to the fifth. Yep. Um, I, I'll be honest. I thought it was a little too low. I, yeah, I, I wasn't as in love with Jake Fromm as some people were at the beginning of the year, but I saw a lot of talent with him, especially freshman and sophomore year when he had pieces around him, especially outside. This year he lost five, his top five pass catchers. They lost what one, of their, one or two of their, uh, their running backs. I mean, they had lost some pieces, and he yeah. didn't play well. I mean, he had a bad year. And I think the worst thing for Fromm was when he went uh, to the combine he threw the ball like crap. He had sort of a pro day, didn't show off his arm strength there, kind of threw the ball like crap then. And if you can't throw, you don't have the arm strength to make the throws that they need in the NFL, unless you're Chad Pennington or, you know, somebody that's got that brain, you're not going to win a lot of games. So I, I have a feeling for Jake, he's probably going to be a career backup yeah. unless something happens up in Buffalo to their starter. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about our Canes? We had – uh, DJ went in the fourth, right? D mm -hmm. It was fourth for DJ and then fourth for Shaq. Yep. And then what, Garvin went? Garvin went in the seventh, seventh round. And yeah. there was one other drafted. And I'm trying. And Bandy went. No, Bandy was a free agent. Yeah, Bandy was free agent. JT4 was a free agent. Yep. Uh, Quincy Rush. still has inside. Yeah, yeah, Quincy's there. Uh, yeah. Trayvon Hill's a free agent. Now I'm trying to remember. Yeah, we had one other I'm drafted. Trip. Oh, K.J. Osborne went that's to the right. Vikings. That's, that's right, that's right, it, it lets you know, and Florida State, they had one player drafted, and that's it, Cam Akers. It lets you know why these teams aren't any good. Yeah. No. Point blank, when Miami and FSU were at their best, they were littered across the draft board. Yeah. Miami had guys – we didn't hear from the Canes until the fourth round. Now, I saw Pro Football Network or uh, Pro Football Focus said, Quincy Roche, Brevin Jordan, and Greg Russo are all first-round grades as of right now going into next year. So you have talent seemingly on the team right now. But you also have to get out of this. And I, and, and I don't want to belittle the kids that have uh, family situations where they need money. But what we have to get out of is juniors leaving to go be fifth, sixth, seventh-round picks. And do you think, does like you said, despite the kids that have to leave, DJ, I don't blame him, you know, guys like that, um, do you think it's somebody down there near the program or former players or something telling these guys to leave? It's definitely not former players. Former players are going to tell them, you, you would, know, yeah. get, your, yeah. get your money if you're going to – for me, if you're a first, second, or third-round pick, go. Once yeah. you get to the fourth round – there's no guarantee a team's going to keep you. And I looked in the seventh round because, you know, I know Bandy had said he had some money issues. Seventh round, the average signing bonus is anywhere between fifty dollars and $120,000. Now, for us, you hand me fifty dollars to $120,000, I'm going to be happy. But when you know your career may last a year, two, three years, and that's the only guaranteed money you're going to get, yeah. their average salary is like seven dollars or $800,000 a year 
which you only make if you make the roster. Right. You go practice squad, I think they make a hundred grand, which again is good money. But remember, your shelf life is two to three years on the practice squad, and then you're done. Then what do you do? You can't fall back on your education. So I said, if you're not a guy that's going to go in the top three rounds, they have to go back to school. I think part of it, family members, too many buddies, too many runners and bagmen down there pushing them to go to the NFL, trying to get money out of these kids, yeah. and they're getting bad advice. And unfortunately, it does come down to ego for me a lot of times more than anything. Yeah. Kids may go into it and hear, hey, you're a fourth or fifth round pick, and they're like, nah, I'm yeah. going to go second round. And then all of a sudden reality hits and you're an undrafted free agent and you're scrambling to get a $10,000 signing bonus. And especially in a year like now, and I get it, you know, the kids didn't know there was going to be a coronavirus, but if you're an undrafted free agent now and you don't have rookie minicamp, OTAs, regular minicamp, and now you're going to walk into training camp when a team in the NFL is going to go, we've got three weeks to get shit ready. How do you make a football team that way? Exactly. Yeah. That's like uh, Jeff Thomas. I mean, what could have been <clears throat> such a promising college career has just not, he, undrafted free agent to the Pats now. And I heard that there was a rumor going around that his agent dropped him like a couple weeks before the draft or something. I don't know if that was true or not, but just what a shame. Well, you know, for him, I feel bad because he was never used the way that he should have been used. Ex yeah. This is a kid that's got unbelievable explosiveness that got stuck with Dan Enos's grab-ass offense. He was in Mark Rick and John Rick's offense. You know, there should have been so many times you run him on crossing routes and rub routes. Get him the ball on the move in space. You know, it was criminal how they misused him. And then the kid, unfortunately, had some knucklehead uh, – Rick Hamlin, I used to call it knuckleheadery. He had knuckleheadery about him, and he didn't want to do right. I wouldn't have allowed him back on campus after he transferred. I would have said, good riddance, go to Illinois, have fun up there. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they lost their way. But, yeah, there, there's a culture that really for the last decade, Miami's had too many juniors leave early that go to the NFL and don't make it because they're sixth, seventh-round picks. Also, I did, like, just a little study for myself. I went back and looked. The last impact player Miami had drafted in the NFL was in 2010. It was Calais Campbell. Oof. The last impact player before him was Greg Olson in 2008. Now, Oof. we've had guys that are decent. Lamar Miller's a decent player. Yeah. Duke Johnson's a decent player. There are guys in the league that are decent players. They haven't had a true impact player drafted since 2010. You really want to know why Miami's not good? Either they're not recruiting, they're not developing, whatever it may be. That's why these kids are not uh, – that's why the program's not winning. Yeah, I think a huge part is uh, development. I think we can all agree here that college football is better when Miami and FSU are on the top. I mean, we can all – I mean, we can all kind of agree on that. Um, oh, yeah. I, here's the thing. I always wanted Florida State to do good because then when we beat them, we had the bragging rights of we gave you your one loss or your second loss. It, it's not as much fun bragging beating them last year and Willie Taggart gets fired and we lose to FIU. Yeah, yeah. It sucked. So, but all right, John, we'll let you go. We, we don't want you to miss the, the little drizzle on the chicken. Yeah. There. <laughs> Got the, um, well, look, we're doing the keto. Uh, oh. so I, I'm, I'm down 16 pounds in about four weeks. So oh, nice. feeling good. I got about 30 more to go and then I'll, I'll be in shape where I make a walk on at Miami. 
Heck give those yeah. guys an attitude adjustment. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Is the is is there anything you want to plug before you go? Your radio show or podcast or anything? Ten o'clock every night, SB Nation Radio. Hit me up there. Uh, the SB Nation Radio app. Follow me on Twitter at John Michaels U. I'm usually argumentative and uh, uh, most of the time friendly, though. We, I just like to bullshit about sports. Just don't get me started uh, about coronavirus and and don't disrespect the Canes. Other than that, oh, yeah. we're good. <laughs> Heck yeah. But all right, man, we appreciate it. You're, you're more than welcome to jump on anytime. We like to have a good time, so just let us know. We'll, we'll definitely do it some more. Appreciate you guys. Make sure you check these guys out. They do a great job, and uh, we'll be back soon. All right, all man. Right. Thank you. See you. All right. See you.